It's living life on a roller coaster. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Imagine climbing to the top in a roller coaster and the terrifying feeling as it drops down at lightning fast speeds. This is what it's said to be like having bipolar disorder or manic depression, as it was once called. Bipolar disorder is a brain disorder that causes unusual shifts in mood, energy, activity levels, and ability to carry out day-to-day tasks. It's believed to have affected well-known people like Winston Churchill and Vincent van Gogh, and contemporary celebrities like Mariah Carey and Demi Lovato. According to the National Institutes of Health, Bipolar disorder affects an estimated 1% to 2% in the U.S. and as high as 15% of people with bipolar disorder will die of suicide. With us today to discuss bipolar disorder is Dr. Daniel Roman, a psychiatrist at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Roman. Thank you. These are some statistics that 15% of people with bipolar disorder could attempt suicide or could end up killing themselves? Yes, that sounds pretty accurate. So let, let's talk. I, I know there are several different types of bipolar disorder. Without getting too technical, what do those include? There are actually only two types. Uh, one is bipolar 1 disorder. The other one is bipolar 2 disorder. Bipolar 1 is more severe and usually uh, requires hospitalization at one point or another for patients. Uh, bipolar 2 is less severe, and the main difference is that um, bipolar 2 has hypomania, and uh, bipolar 1 has mania, full manic episode. Okay, so uh, again, what's the difference between someone who's diagnosed as having bipolar disorder and somebody who's emotional or mercurial or has ups and downs? Is there a difference? Well, bipolar, uh, I'll mention some of the criteria that we need um, for uh, patients to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Uh, We need one episode in their lifetime of what is called mania to diagnose bipolar disorder. So I'll describe a little bit the the symptoms that that implies. So uh, patients, when they are in a manic episode, they have... uh, a very high level of energy. Uh, they don't need to sleep much. For some of them, can be uh, up for two or three uh, days without sleeping, and they still don't feel tired. Uh, their their mood, the, their emotional state is either uh, fantastic; they feel like they're on top of the world, or some more rarely can be uh, irritable and uh, easily angered. Uh, their speech gets very fast and difficult to interrupt. Uh, they have uh, what we call uh, racing thoughts. That means lots of ideas coming to their head all at once to the point that it's difficult to concentrate on anything. Um, typically, they also have risky behavior such as unprotected sex or uh, drinking and driving. Um, and uh, usually we need these symptoms to last for about a week to diagnose um, uh, a manic episode, but it's not always required. Do you, do you have to see it in order to diagnose it, or you just have to hear about it? Well, we usually see it when patients are brought to the hospital, but we can hear about it, and, and it doesn't resolve by itself. So that's what happens when we get the patients to the hospital. We can diagnose by history as well, uh, and uh, that's a very good question because most of the patients with bipolar disorder spend the most time in the depressive phase of their illness. 
someone with bipolar disorder will not ever be always manic. Mania alternates with depression. So if you see them in a in a depressive phase, we will not see those those symptoms that I mentioned above. Uh, we'll see the opposite. So we we yeah we don't really need to see it necessarily. How how often do these episodes typically last? Not treated, they can last for a long time. You know, even weeks more. Uh, if treated, usually they resolve within a week, two weeks. It depends on how patients respond to medication. But yes, uh, so, some of the some patients do not uh, somehow they have enough support, or they they don't end up in the hospital, so they can last you know a pretty long time, maybe even a month, two months, depending on how severe they are. Does something trigger it? it trigger either a high or a low like this? Something in their life, or just sort of bang, it happens. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Depression is sometimes triggered by some some event or some stressor. Uh, bipolar mania, not not necessarily. It's a biological illness. Yeah, of course, any stress in someone's life can you know make it worse, can exacerbate it, but it doesn't have to have uh, any specific trigger. When you say a, bio, a biological illness, is it mm -hmm. like a chemical imbalance? Mm -hmm. Some neurotransmitters in the in the brain that are you know malfunctioning. Yes. Does it tend to run in families? Is it genetic? Yes, absolutely. Yes, there's a big genetic component to bipolar disorder. Yep. Is it different? We used to call about you know Jekyll Hyde syndrome. Is this sort of the same thing? I don't know what a Jekyll Hyde syndrome would be well you know the two characters dr uh -huh. jekyll and mr hyde uh -huh. where the you know it was basically oh. two different personalities or is that a little different because i guess you're, you're dealing with personalities versus highs and lows i mean that i don't really see it as a personality component necessarily i mean personality is one thing and uh, bipolar disorder is kind of another aspect of someone's psychiatric of uh, someone's mental health let's say so no not necessarily you can have for example someone that is an optimist or someone that you know is a uh, uh, angry person uh, all the time and they can both have bipolar disorder okay is there a certain age when this starts to display itself yes usually the onset is um, 18 20 to early 20s it's maybe sometimes late 20s it's rare that uh, someone will uh, start having bipolar disorder after their 30s is there a precursor to it? Are, are these people who tend to be more emotional or tend to be obsessive or, or are there anything or it just comes out of nowhere sometimes? i don't think so not necessarily there's a correlation that is uh, described between uh, ADHD in, in, in childhood or uh, teenage years to, who can develop uh, later on uh, into bipolar. Yeah. So when is it time to see a doctor? Well, as soon as, uh, you know, uh, the, the patient or someone close to them notices such symptoms. Is there a stigma out there? Are people afraid to get medical help? Of course, there's stigma associated with all all mental uh, illnesses, not just bipolar, but bi bipolar disorder as well. Yes, people are afraid to you know to to have a to be judged, to have a mental illness, to have to have a psychiatrist, to to be on me medications. Many times, people do not take medications because of the stigma associated with it. That's a big problem. Okay, so um, when they come to the hospital, how do you treat them? 
uh, we treat them. Uh, it depends a lot on what phase they come with. Most most of the time they come. Uh, what, what requires admission is uh, the manic episode of the illness, which I described earlier, not the depressive one, but that sometimes too. So we, we treat it with the, what we call mood stabilizers. These are medications that will tone, left, make the, the, the mood m- more stable to have less ups and less downs. The classic one, and it's still considered gold standard for uh, a manic episode, is called lithium. That's a very old medication, still very effective. And we have uh, a few other ones, uh, vaporic acid. Tegretol is another one, Trilepta, Lamotrigen, these are you know, newer medications. Do you, do you keep them in the hospital in, until they're stabilized typically? And then, mm-hmm. so, so it may be, typically it's a short period of time, right? It really varies. Every patient responds differently to medications and to you know, the inpatient setting. Um, I would say on average a week, two weeks, really, rarely more than that, yeah. But, but I guess certain patients, just by evaluating them and describing meds, don't have to be hospitalized, right? Sometimes they don't, yeah. I mean, they usually end up, you know, seeing a psychiatrist in some setting. You know, it's usually the ER or, or an outpatient right. referral from the emergency room. That's how usually, you know, they get in contact with uh, the first time at least with a provider and yeah some of them you don't they don't require necessary hospitalization that's true do many come through the emergency department here yes in other words there's been an episode mm-hmm. that has i guess caused enough concern that they end up in the emergency room correct is it sometimes as a result of a of the school or the police intervention mm-hmm can be a variety of uh, ways, uh, you know, bystander from school, families, the police, at work, anything, uh, you know, any setting where they can, someone notices, you know, some interferes with the work, the patients who work. I, I In this context, it's, uh, I think, useful to mention that patients with bipolar disorder can be very high functioning. They can be CEOs people working in arts uh, and they with treatment they can function very well and have very productive lives it's a little different compared to schizophrenia where the patients are usually not very few can manage to be high functioning in bipolar disorder it's very possible so it can be treated uh, and patients can be basically without symptoms do these patients tend to have delusions they can, they can in both phases of the manic uh, manic phase or de- depression. They can become delusional as well. That's usually when it's more severe. For mania, it's usually the delusions are what we call the delusions of grandiosity. They feel they have superpowers, or they are God, or they can cure things, or that they are uh, someone famous. Um, but there can be other delusions, and they can be uh, they can have delusions in uh, in the depressive phase as well. In addition, in addition to medic, medication, uh, do you use psychotherapy? Of course, we do psychotherapy for you know every mental illness, bipolar disorder included. Yes, usually uh, it's done on uh, at some one of us at least, and in many hospitals, it's done by the psychology department, but by the doctors as well. I, I did a little reading on this, which is probably a little dangerous. But electroconvulsive therapy mm-hmm. is that something you also do? It can be done for severe bipolar, for severe mania, for severe depression. It is still done. It can be very effective, yes. What exactly is that? 
it's uh, some controlled uh, basically seizures in a you know control setting. Usually an, an anesthesiologist is present, and uh, it's done by a psychiatrist. So it's induced seizures. Uh, they are usually a, a couple of times a week. There's induction therapy. You have to do a number of sessions for a few weeks, and then you know uh, um, subsequently it's more uh, uh, not as not as uh, frequent. Um, uh, yes, it's done most. It's done for bipolar di- disorder, for depression, for schizophrenia, but can be very effective for bipolar disorder too. Big stigma associated with that as well. Now, uh, again, if left untreated, there are certain risk factors, right? I mean, you, you mentioned sure. that earlier. What, what are some of the concerns that you have if, if patients do not come and see a doctor? Well, in the manic phase, they, these patients can be very impulsive. They can, uh, you know, run, they can drive recklessly, they can uh, they can spend, and that's very common, actually. Uh, I forgot to mention that risky behavior is also overspending. They can lose all their money. Uh, they can uh, give their belongings away, uh, you know, make decisions that are really not not good. Uh, they can up in, in, uh, in jail. Um, that, that happens. Suicide, uh, homicide, I mean, it, it can, uh, yes, it can be very dangerous. So the bottom line is you got to see a doctor if you're concerned, if you believe that you or a loved one Absolutely. may have a condition like this. Mm-hmm. Are there any resources that you would recommend? The main one that I give uh, patients or families is called NAMI. It's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They have also uh, offices and various support groups across the country. They have a famous uh, NAMI walk at, uh, on, on suicide. At the, I'll, I'll, um, I'll mention the website uh, that I have for New York at least. They have a national one also. So it's uh, NAMI, N-A-M-I, N-Y-C, metro.org. They have telephone numbers as well there. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Roman, for for joining us today at SBH Bronx Health Talk. For more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for joining us today. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.